Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. We have our NFC and AFC Championship matchups. And yes, if you listen to the pod, you know there was disappointment in Vegas and in San Luis Obispo, California out here for Matt and I. We're going to go over the entire incredible divisional round weekend, one of the best weekends of football in my recent memory outside of the heartbreak. We're going to go over all four games and dissect some of the biggest topics coming out of those games in the AFC and NFC. And then we're going to wrap up the show, of course, with our gratitude, heartbreak, and you know what? Our thoughts on the Green Bay Packers because that's the team we love the most. We got to talk about it. So let's run the music. everyone cheers i'm your host matt guest with me in vegas is another loser not a sore loser but just a loser like myself (laughs) matt morris you know you called me the day of the packer game and said how you feeling and you know we talked about on the podcast it's out there it's on tiktok it's on our instagram you know we felt good we both thought they were gonna win you a lot more than i did uh as far as the score is concerned but i did tell you matt i think the heart breaks next week the heartbreak came a week early, and you know what? I'm drinking about it. So here we are. Yeah, and it's hard, man. I think anyone in the playoffs that genuinely felt like they had a chance, Bucks fans, uh, that's Buccaneers, obviously, Packers, uh, Bills, you know, you believe in your team. You believe that you're going to do it this year, right? Like you, you, everything's flowing your direction. It's absolutely heartbreaking because you buy in and you kind of brought this up you know off the pod we have to be thankful as green bay packer fans because we've had such a great run and the bills fans have to be grateful for having josh allen and the the coming years of success same thing can be said for a lot of other organizations that have good young quarterbacks but i think at the end of the day when you have that team it's it's harder than it is even for the Lions. You know, I saw a bunch of guys on Twitter talking about, oh, well, you know, it's heartbreaking to lose too. And it's like, no, it's not. You you come into every single September, no shot, zero. There is no letdown. Your letdown is, oh my God, we didn't get the first round pick or the first overall pick. We got the <laughs> second because we won the last game of the season. As sports fans, it's just hard. And you know, I've talked to some people on Saturday night after the game was over at work that aren't sports fans. So they didn't grow up like we did, absolutely emotionally tied into their organization. And they're like, oh, I just don't understand why, you know, why you're so upset. It's like, you don't understand. This is family to people that buy in. This is, this is life. You know, this is a part of our identity as a fan and in fandoms. Yeah. And it's very, very heartbreaking. But when you, when you take a, a moment of separation, you have 24 hours that passes after a loss. You start to look at things and realize, you know, there's always hope, especially with good organizations. And I think that's what I feel Packers, Bills right now and the way they are run. And uh, you think about, hey, we're going to have years of success. Might take a year of rebuilding or retooling like the Patriots did. But look at the Patriots. Had an awful season. There was very little hope in New England going into this past draft. They get Mac Jones. Completely changes the face of the organization and yep. ultimately hyper hyper inflates the uh, the rebuild to today. So I'm very thankful. Feelings were hurt. I was around a lot of 49ers fans. And you guys can all fuck off. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about how I feel about that team at the end of the show today. Yeah. Um, big congrats to all the winners. Hey, the best four teams are there. 
it is what it is, right? And that's just when you look back 10 years from now, those are the best four teams in whether you want to debate and agree with it, every 49er fan can talk as much shit as they want to us. Hey, they fucking beat us when it mattered the most. So let's get to our first topic. All right. Well, we're going to start this off in the AFC, talk about the two AFC matchups, then get to the NFC. The first game was the Cincinnati Bengals went in and upset the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry's first game back, and I think it was eight weeks. Um, ugly, sloppy football game. You know, three of the four games ended with a field goal to end the game, and then the Kansas City game walked off in overtime. So all these games came down to the wire. Joe Burrow, man, uh, I loved him in college. He looked great in college. I didn't know if he would be a potential top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's definitely in the conversation. He's playing behind arguably the worst O-line in all of football, but the Bengals get it done. What was your first initial thoughts after you saw that the Bengals had won and ultimately the Titans just didn't do enough as the number one seed this year? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the number one seed here who probably isn't even in the conversation of best team outside of the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, I think the Colts are better than the Titans, and we saw a little bit of that in the regular season. And the big topic I want to bring up here is uh, they built this team around Derrick Henry. We know that. I don't think the Titans this past offseason expected to be a number one seed organization. Uh, I think they expected to be fighting for a playoff spot and in there, right? But what I saw was this team needs a lot of identity change. They need to find a quarterback. Tannehill is not the guy. Three interceptions. You did say it. He did not give up on this team, which I give him a lot of credit for. But if you're going to truly build this team around Derrick Henry, the run game, you've got to make a change, at least so the quarterback can give your team a little bit of a boost, whether that means a scrambling quarterback or a guy that can run the option or anything outside of what Tannehill brings because he's not enough. And that defense needs to find secondary help. Uh, The last really big point I will make about the Titans is I think they have their coach for the next 10 years. What Mike Vrabel was able to do with this team all regular season, you know, with the adversity of losing Henry, continuing forward, keeping that number one uh, overall seed, and honestly continuing to keep them fighting this past weekend. uh, I think the guy is fantastic. Um, That's really all I have to say about the Titans. Yeah, and the Titans, you know... um very last thing for them is I don't even think they need a, a Russ Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, right? All this offseason hype that's going to come. They need, we were talking about it, that, you know, like Jimmy G wins that game for that team. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr wins that game for that team, you know? Some, you know, average, you know, there's 32 teams, you know, the 16 to, you know, 16 to 11, those guys win that game. They don't throw those picks to lose you the game at the beginning and at the end. Tannehill, unfortunately, I was high on him coming into the season. I thought this was a big year. He could prove himself getting the addition of Julio Jones as one of the new receivers on the team. Um, he regressed as a quarterback and as a as a pass thrower. So totally agree with you. I would be surprised to see them get rid of him via trade or anything, but don't be surprised to see them late in the first round go for the Kenny Pickett's, go for Matt Corral, go for some of these quarterbacks that you know, don't have a lot of hype, but one of them are bound to pan out. I wouldn't be surprised to see him draft a quarterback, run it back one more year with Tannehill and just see what they can do. Cause I agree with you. I think they completely exceeded expectations. They got to share up the back end of the defense because 
their D line is very good, but you can't be giving up 30 yard wide receiver bubble screens to fucking Jamar chase two, three times a game. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Titans had a good season. I think when it's all said and done, Vrabel's got to be coach of the year this year. I don't really think that's much of a debate. I totally agree with you there On to the Bengals though. Um, you know what? I was wrong about them. I think I picked them to win like five or six years pre or five or six games preseason just because Zach Taylor hadn't proven anything. He's proven he's a solid coach. He's a player's coach. He's really gotten the best out of his players. They made two phenomenal picks this year. One is obvious, Jamar Chase. But how about Evan McPherson, Matt? Are you kidding me? Did you see what that kid said going out onto the field before the game winner? Oh, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. You got to love to see that, man. And Joey Burrow's that guy. He he was that guy at LSU the year they won it, and he's proven to be that guy. So much fire, so much passion. The guys love playing for him. A phenomenal leader of men, even in his second year as a pro. Um, phenomenal job by the Bengals. A biggest surprise of the of this football season for me, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you bring up with McPherson is such a great point because so many teams in this league don't have the confidence in their kickers that I think the Bengals, Burrow, have in McPherson to know, hey, all we got to do is get it to the 40, right? All, that's all we got to do. We 45 even, bro. Yeah. Right. Well, and to think about that for some of these other playoff teams that have kickers, even Robbie Gold, for example, who is a really good kicker, but you got you got to have a little bit of nervousness in you because they're getting older. You're not sure the leg strength is there. I think Crosby's the biggest one that comes to mind. If a quarterback loses faith in his kicker, you know he may not make the same throws because he's trying to extend the field that much more to get them that much closer. Burrow has that utmost confidence in McPherson, and I think this kid is is destined for ten years of greatness in this league with Burrow. I mean, I think they're going to be a for great sure. My one and only really big note about this game, because I agree with everything you said. I don't need to reiterate that. I think the Bengals this coming offseason absolutely need to find a defensive rush star. Um, or maybe pieces like the Packers did years ago where they bring in Z and they bring in Preston Smith. You know, kind of bring two different bodies in for the same amount of money. But the Bengals, if they're going to be getting sacked nine times a game, they need to be doing the <laughs> yeah, same yeah, exact yeah. <laughs> thing on the opposite side, right? Like, and I think we kind of saw a little bit of that in this game. It was very sloppy, very messy, right? It wasn't, it wasn't what we're going to see this coming week. We're going to know a lot about this Bengals defense and what we're going to be looking forward to in 2022 season based on what happens with the Chiefs. But you're going to have to go up against Allen and you're going to have to go up against Mahomes in both rounds, possibly for the next 10 years. So you got to find a way to bring pressure. I like a lot of the things that the Bengals defense is but you need a star on that defensive line oh 100 percent, and don't forget they got Lamar and Nick Chubb in their own division so mm-hmm. I agree with you on the defensive line the obvious thing is they need their offensive line but fortunately they're in the perfect three-year window right now where they're going to be one of the teams with the most cap room so I thought that was an awesome point, right? Go out and get a veteran pass rusher, someone who can come in and make a difference right away and go, please go sign a left tackle or anything. (laughs) Just, just anything. I don't know. Any position. You could just name all five of those guys. Perfect upgrade. No problem. Next game, game of the year. We kind of mocked it going into our Thursday episode last week was, oh, everyone's making this big fuss about Kansas City Buffalo. Holy shit. That, that, I think that might have been the best game 
that's easily the best game I've watched this year, if not the past probably five seasons or so. I'd have to go back and look into it, but easily the best playoff game I've seen in a long time. Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know what? It's. I hope this is kind of the case, and what we get for the next 10 years, this has got to be reminiscent of the Brady-Peyton Manning days, right? We're just going to see these guys duke it out in the playoffs every year, whether it's the divisional round like we did this year or the AFC Championship game. Um, both of those kids well on their way to being top five players, top five quarterbacks, excuse me, in the league. Um, you know, I think the first thing we want to talk about, we're just going to jump right to it, is the Bills didn't lose this game because it went to overtime. Matt has his reasoning behind it. I have a separate one that kind of coincides with it, but it's been, oh, they lost the coin flip and that's why they lost the game is got to be the most casual. This was probably the first football game I watched all season with my family or friends at a party take of all time, because if you really watch the entire game, that's just false. It's just not true. So Matt, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I watched the end of this game, and I was absolutely blown away. I mean, everything about the last two minutes and 40-some seconds was absolutely incredible. Um, Hollywood. It's funny. It's Hollywood. Um, it's funny because I think it was Romo who said right before the, the 14 seconds were left, squib the ball. And I kind of laughed. I said, ah, it doesn't fucking matter. It's the game's Dude. over, right? Allen just hit Gabriel Davis for his fourth touchdown. It's done. Like, he's got it. Like, who gives a shit about worrying about the squib kick? And holy fuck, in my opinion, Romo was right. He gave Mahomes 14 seconds. He went down. He made the plays. They kicked the field goal. But in my opinion, you scrib that ball. They've maybe at most got nine seconds left. Okay, that's two plays. And I know that's what Mahomes had, but that's two plays. The pressure is now on you that much more, right? Like every single step of the wide receiver in his route matters. Like I don't think they win that game if they have nine seconds on the clock. 14 we saw what happens. So I think it was a grave you know, overlook by the Bills' entire coaching staff to say, hey, let's just send it in the back of the end zone. Because you know what? I think they probably thought what I thought. It's over. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, and for Josh Allen not to be able to go out there and have his rebuttal, it was upsetting. But that's that's football for you. And that's where the, the rules stand right now. Um, to, for the Bills to allow them to tie the game and then go to overtime was the, the grave mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I echo you. Like I, I didn't even think a squib. I'm sitting there screaming at my TV, just kick it high, make them return it, because that's an immediate four or five seconds, right? Shout out to Mike Lombardi, one of my favorite podcasters out there, and just NFL historian, super knowledgeable. He's got a great podcast, GM Shufflepot. He all he's been saying this all season, just in general for teams that lose, make them return the ball. It, it is obvious, like it is at a bare minimum three seconds and if it's three seconds you catch it and run five yards and you're on the 20 maybe maybe so first i agree that was stupid second you decide to kick it in but then you're gonna decide to give him 15 yards i that's where my mind is like are you kidding me you look at the screenshots of where they're lined up pre-snap they're handing them 15 yards on that first play so what do they do give it to the freak that is tyreek hill he runs, boom, 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 15, 20 yards, good. Next play, do it again. And you don't cover Kelsey in the middle of the field. Honestly, give up a bomb. 
Give up a bomb to anybody else. You put two guys on Kelsey and Hill. Don't let them go over the middle of the field. The prevent defense loses again. That's on the Bills, man. You have the number. We talked about it last pod. They have the number one ranked defense, and you can't hold up 30, 40, 50 yards in 14 seconds. I'm sorry. That, like, that, that's on you. So you lose the coin flip. Shit, you're shit out of luck, right? No, go out there, make another stop. Oh, you can't? That's on, It's on the defense to me. It's obviously not on Josh Allen, and everyone's like, oh, the defense played bad and this and that. Hey, man, Tyron Matthew was out for the Chiefs too, so there's just no excuses at the end of the day. I just think blaming it on a coin flip is a joke. There were so many more things that transpired before just the last possession before the coin flip that could have decided the game in the Bills' favor they choked. Their defense choked. That's just what happened. Well, and I just don't understand. We're at 10 years now of this prevent defense really breaking down. And I think all the way back to the For Packers real. and the Eagles, 27. I think it was third and 27 or some crazy fourth and 27. It was fourth and 26, uh, prevent, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Prevent defense goes out. Since that game, the prevent defense in most games that I watch doesn't work, right? It's, it's, it's not preventable. You go out there and you just hand teams you know yards they're Unless going you're to playing capitalize. the cowboys because they'll just run up the middle and waste the clock you know or t- or yeah or Tannehill. but <laughs> to the point i think it's time that the nfl and coaches stop doing this it's better to lose in a heartbreaking fashion like you said like a you know a streak over the middle by the fifth string wide receiver that happens to k- get loose and blow through his coverage than to allow tyreek hill and travis kelsey to ultimately beat you because that is what right. happened you let the best players on the field touch the ball there's a good chance you're going to get beaten by that. The last little point about this game that I want to make is a, is a concern. It's a concern that, you know, with both of these players, Mahomes and Allen, being in the same conference, much like Brady, much like Manning, we're going to have something similar to what Manning experienced and ultimately what Rodgers is experiencing in the NFC, which is Josh Allen might never go down as this, the talent that he is because he's going to have to go up against Mahomes every single year. And we have two years now of, of Mahomes knocking him out of the playoffs. And this season, in my opinion, Allen was the better quarterback in that game. And he didn't I have agree. a chance to rebound. He didn't have a chance, right? And that's not, again, that's not on the coin flip. It's because his defensive coordinator decided to do the stupidest thing possible and yep. allow them back in this game. But we're going to have to track this as the next few years go on because honestly I don't know right now what more the Bills can add to that roster to get them over the hump you know this was one of the best football games of all time and Mahomes proved what he's proving to all of us is that he has more Brady in him than he has Rodgers or Manning yeah and I mean you can't fault that was Allen's best game of his career a lot of guys play mm-hmm. their best game of their career and they lose. And sometimes it's just to what you said And my last point here before we move on to the NFC games is Mahomes is the best player in football. You know what? Kansas City could not have looked more shitty for eight straight weeks, and now they are most likely going to go to their third straight Super Bowl. They've had this similar roster with Alex Smith and Andy Reid that can never get over the hump. Four years as a starter, four AFC Championship games, possibly three Super Bowls, already a Super Bowl champion, and the only motherfucker this kid has lost to in the playoffs Tom Brady. Think about that, Matt. The only person thus far in his career that could send him home packing is the GOAT himself. So what that says to me is that this kid, I mean, he's right. It's for the taking for him. If they win the Super Bowl this year, 
this kid is really going to start catapulting leaderboards as the best of all time, and he's not even 30 years old yet. It's unbelievable what he's doing. No matter if you're a Chiefs fan, Packers fans, Rodgers fans, Brady's fans, Manning, whatever it might be, this kid might go down as the best quarterback in NFL history, and what he's doing is unprecedented right now. And I posted it on on TikTok today, and it is blowing up. People are just not happy about it. But I think this past weekend, the torch has finally been passed for people like you and I to say, hey, this is actually the best player and quarterback in the NFL. It is what it is now. Well, and just to wrap that, you know, I think Rodgers definitely wins MVP this season. He had the best regular season, right? I, I don't think many people can argue that. 100%. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because what happens when the, the lights shine the brightest, right? We like to say that a lot. You, you step up. Who stepped up? Mahomes did. Allen did. Who didn't, right? Who didn't get it done this season? Brady and Rodgers. Brady had a great game at times. Parts, eh, parts of that game were good. He had right? a good game, yeah. A goodish and game. Goodish game. Both, both our old dogs, they're out, man. They're done, right? It is now the age of the new quarterback. And honestly, they're all sitting in the AFC. It is Burrow. Dude. It is Allen. It is Mahomes, right? We're talking about who are the big time NFC young quarterbacks. Trey Lance, right? <laughs> like Justin I mean, Fields. You did, dude, you didn't even bring up Lamar Jackson. Like, 100%. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, and that's the that, people are forgetting about Lamar right now. And this is a topic for another time. Like, they didn't win a game without Lamar in Baltimore. Like, yeah, he had a rough year, but he's he's no joke, that's for sure. I mean, Mac Jones, yeah, I agree with you. It's The future's bright, and hell, maybe even Trevor Lawrence shows up and be something, too. <laughs> Moving on to the NFC, we just talked about Brady a little bit here. His team got taken down. Um, you know, just first and foremost, you know, everyone was like, oh, that was such a great game. If I was a Rams fan, I would not feel like that was a great game. Uh, they missed every opportunity to put them away and everyone besides Matt Stafford was turning it over. So we'll get to Stafford here in a second. The first question I have here for you, Matt, is should Brady hang it up? Like, is it, is it time? I, I think he still could play another year or two, but should he just hang it up? You know, it's the window for Tampa Bay, in my opinion, has closed. Um, you know, they've lost Godwin, obviously, with the ACL. Antonio Brown is gone. Gronk is another year older. Brady will be another year older, right? There are a lot of pieces to this team that are not going to be the same, much like they were last year, right? This is almost the same team as their Super Bowl team, minus all these little injuries and releases that happened. I think Brady right. should hang it up. I think it's time. You know, his legacy is, is cemented in history as the greatest of all time. And ultimately, why come out next season, have a disappointing year? I could see them possibly going eight and nine next year, honestly, and not making the playoffs. Is that how you want to go out? Is that really the way you want to go out? Um, in my opinion, Brady hangs it up, focuses on the TB12, you know, apparel line or whatever the hell he's doing, and just coasts off into the sunset as a winner. Because you're not going to look at this season and be like, oh, man, Brady totally fucked them, right? No, nah, he could have won MVP. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
but he's not he, he's not physically as talented as anybody else in this league that's in that MVP conversation. He had weapons around him, and he also had a soft conference, as well as a, a soft you know division divisional like opponent in terms of Carolina, the Saints, right, Atlanta. Like, I get that he could come back, but you're still going to have to play against tough teams in the playoffs, and I don't think he wins another Super Bowl. No, I mean, unless, you know, OBJ comes to town and, you know, some of these, you know, Devontae Adams shows up or some shit, right? He, he does need help because he's old. I don't think it's because he's not good. Um, you know, Brady and the Bucks, they, they got their ass whooped. <laughs> the Rams fumbled four times and literally was begging them to win that game. So I, I think he should hang it up too. It's been a great career. And I just, I, th- I don't like Brady, but I just don't see him going out there and having a Brett Favre year. I don't see him going out there and having a Peyton Manning year where it's just like every Sunday you're saying, dude, this guy, they can't throw the every Roethlisberger this year. Like this dude can't throw the ball 35 yards accurately anymore. It's just sad. Mm-hmm. You, you forget about how good they are when they look like shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy that didn't look like shit and who, I mean, we whiffed on, Matt. We said Stafford was going to lose the game for them. He was going to be the turnover machine. He was going to be the ones that cost the Rams this weekend. Um, everyone but Stafford wanted to turn the ball over this weekend. I didn't think Matt played, you know, out of his mind, but Matt played the game he needed to play. He won the game. He threw excellent balls. And at the end of the day, they had, I want to say, like maybe 25 seconds left. Went down, got them in field goal position. The call by Tampa Bay, in my opinion, was dumb that they let Cooper Cup just go run right by Winfield Jr. And, I mean, Stafford put the ball in a perfect spot, and they won the game. Um, This is exactly what the L.A. Rams traded for. This is exactly what their front office envisioned. Vaughn Miller strip sack, OBJ making plays, Stafford coming in for golf. Um, everything seeming to line up for the LA Rams right now for a Super Bowl at home. I, I'm first to admit when I'm right, first to admit when I'm wrong. I've been wrong about Stafford the past couple weeks. I'll see how that goes for our picks next next episode, but Stafford impressed me. He didn't make mistakes. He was checking down, and I thought he was the best player on the field. I think that was, what, su- uh, Sunday morning. Yeah, and I agree with you. They're destined for the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll get to the 49ers here in a minute, but I think they roll over for the San Francisco this coming weekend. They're the better team. And you said it right. Von Miller out there making plays. We haven't seen that all season from Von Miller, right? He's had yep. a couple of like, bright spots, but Von Miller coming and having a huge impact. I'll trade a second rounder for a ticket to the Super Bowl, right? Or the NFC Championship game. Cool with me. 100%. Yeah. Uh, OBJ continuing to separate himself from the rest of that wide receiving core outside of Cup and allowing Cup to have space. That's the biggest thing, right? We talked about Robert Woods' injury. Well, Robert Woods doesn't command as much respect as even OBJ does because of just the simple ability. I think that was a huge addition cam Akers obviously had that fumble in the game correct that was a little bit troubling but again he's coming back they've got a roster when this was the biggest knock we had on them all season was where was the supporting help outside of the big time spenders right darnold ramsey stafford and i think we're starting to see that obj's you know acres we need to see it on defense now, though, because when they go up against Mahomes in the Super Bowl, it's going to be an absolute shootout. And Stafford's not going to be able to turn the ball over. So I think best performance possible from the Rams. They play the best football I, I've seen them all year uh, at, at parts of this game outside of the turnovers. And they're going to have to do it against the 49ers as well, because much like 
the Packers. The Rams cannot beat the 49ers. That, it's just a monkey. <laughs> it's so on their insane. Back. It's so insane. Oh, yeah, and well, six. Oh, and six. I know. It's it, it's uh, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing mm-hmm. to me. I don't understand it. We'll we'll get to it next episode. Um, last thing I, I want to make a point. What you said on defense. I don't remember their name. Thirty three and eleven. The DBs for the Rams played some of the best football I've ever seen out of guys that weren't Jalen Ramsey. Right? Jalen Ramsey gave up a huge touchdown at the end of the game. Could have cost them. Yep. Uh, they're supporting everything. The the stars just seem to be aligning right now for the Rams more than anyone for me. But the the rough tough Forty ers who we'll get to right now after we take a break are in the way. All right, Matt. So we we've gotten to the point in the episode where you and I we we've we we've done a lot of discussion. We've talked, thought. I'm glad that we had basically two days to to gather our thoughts because for all of my our followers on Twitter, uh, you saw what a couple beers, a few beers, not a couple, a few beers. And a little bit of anger can do to a uh, an opinion based on the tweets I was throwing out this past weekend. Uh, it's time to talk about the Packers and the 49ers. Um, 49ers obviously beat the Packers. Packers beat themselves. You know, that's not really much of a debate there. But where I wanted to start first is, is with San Francisco. Um, one thing I feel like you and I do pretty well and also have improved upon with our friendship and age is you got to give respect to the team that won. They won the fucking game, right? Like it is what it is, regardless of your feelings about who wins 99 out of a hundred times who won Saturday night. It wasn't green Bay, right? Um, two months ago, we have an episode on the podcast saying San Francisco could make it to the NFC championship game. They have the pieces, they have the coach, they have the will. They just need to find a way to get their superstars involved. Here we are, right? Did we think back then that they could beat Green Bay? No. Did we think they could beat LA? No. But for some reason all season, and we've loved the Niners, which I think makes this hurt more, is because we knew how good this team was the entire season. Debo Samuel, stud. Kittle, stud. Armstead, stud. Bosa, stud. Jimmy Ward played out of his damn mind this weekend. Very good player. Underrated defense, top three skill position in the game with Debo Samuel, and at, in my opinion, just the toughest football team in all the league. And when you break it down, black and white in football, the tougher team wins 90% of the time. At the end of the day, you're cracking skulls, hitting each other for 60 minutes, and I don't think one team does that better than the San Francisco 49ers. Um, heartbreaking loss for us, and we'll get to the Packers in a second, but... That's what I have to say about the Niners. Congrats to them. They've been a great team now for, honestly, the past three months. They've played really, really good football. Yeah, man, I can't agree with you more. My big emphasis from this game is kind of highlighting Kyle Shanahan's ability to coach. You look at a lot of the young coaches that have come from the Shanahan tree, and they all kind of have the same knock. McVay, LaFleur, um, you think about them, and you think about, okay, they're not battle-tested yet. Well, Shanahan is. If you think back to the Super Bowl when he allowed Brady to come back into that game and he you know, mismanaged the offense to you know having a really big letdown in the Super Bowl. It was Bowl his fault, just, yeah. Just recently, too. Um, I think what we're starting to see from Shanahan now is experience. 
understanding of the league, how to run his offense, how not to coach scared, which is something we'll talk about here on the Packers in a little bit. He coaches smart. He was not the better football team coming into that game Saturday night. There is no, there's no way around that. They may have been, been the tougher team. They might have been the dogs, but they weren't the better team. So what do you have to do? You have to control the tempo of the game, and you have to keep it close. And you ultimately have to expose the weakness of your opponent. And what did he do? He exposed the weakness of the Green Bay Packers, which was Aaron Rodgers' inability to attack because he's afraid. Shanahan is a marvelous, marvelous coach. And he, in my opinion, is the reason they won that game outside of special teams, outside of Rodgers. It was because he put his position players in position to win. He leaned on his special teams, right? He didn't have Garoppolo out there throwing three or four picks. He did what he had to do in this game. Yeah. Well, in, in playing to the Packers' weakness, I mean, they made their biggest impact and kept points on and off the board on special teams. So mm-hmm. totally agree with you there um, on top of Roger. So getting to the Packers, uh, the first thing I, I want to say is before I, I kind of get into my real feelings is that it, it <laughs> it's really great being a Green Bay Packers fan, you know? With great players, great teams become great expectations, and great expectations bring heartbreak most of the time when it comes to sports, right? Having super high expectations normally that never get met comes with being a diehard sports fan, right? So with that being said, you know, I I do love Aaron Rodgers and everything that he's done the past, whatever, 17 years or what it, whatever it might be. You know, being able to root for a team and root for a sport every single Sunday, every time knowing that you have a shot because you have a guy on your team is a really good feeling. And most people don't know what that feels like, right? You and I, you know, we're a little under 30, both of us. Both of us have never gone into a Sunday outside of his injury-ridden season where we live together, like knowing that we don't have a shot. You know, and that's a really, really good feeling. And I've I've done a lot of reflecting and you need to remember that as a Green Bay fan for as mad as you are. And before I kind of get into where I think the team should go, where it went wrong, who's we're going to point fingers at. I just want to say, like, it's been great and I wouldn't trade any of the heartbreak for anything. I really wouldn't. All, all the bad times, all the big disappointments, I wouldn't trade it because every single game I knew we had a shot and that's all you can really ask for when it comes to sports. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And I think we've had this conversation so many times in regards to what Brady has done to this league. It's this false ideal that dominance and dynasties are a regular thing. And to think about Favre and Rodgers over the last 30 years, my entire life, my entire life, I have had a football team that shows up every year and has a chance to compete. You know, I've had one of, I've had either of them playing outside of injury, you know, and I'm very, very thankful for that because as a sports fan, as a diehard sports fan, you're very prideful of that team, you know, and to think about all the other organizations across all sports, 30 years of dominance. It's insane. It's crazy. Two Super Bowls, that's success in my eyes. How many how many Super Bowls did the Lions have over the last 30 years, right? How many World Series championships do the Padres have? We can go on this list over and over and over. Every year, we have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And it's been a fantastic ride. And I, I'm going to look back on this in 10 years, in 15 years, and, and appreciate the fact that this was why I became a sports fan probably the most is because I came from an area that, you know, 
spread sports fans with two great quarterbacks continuing that progress. Yep, 100%. But to the game, uh, after our little soapbox there, I, I saw a lot of stuff online and, you know, I, I, I done a lot of reflecting and I think this is what it chalks up to me. I think everyone knows the special teams lost the game for Green Bay. They did, right? Like, they did, 100%, right? You get the blocked field goal before halftime with Crosby. That's three points. Niners block the punt, scoop and score. You know, the rest is history. They line up 10 men on the field the last play of the game. That was stupid. But what what I what I don't love is that the offense didn't go out there and win it. The special teams lost it, but our MVP, our superstar, our hero, our guy that we go to bat for didn't go out there and get it done. And I'm done with the excuses. It wasn't the O-line. It wasn't the lack of weapons. It wasn't the play calling. I watched the entire game again this morning before we, we recorded. No checkdowns. Staring down at the offensive line because you're nervous of the pass rush that honestly wasn't there that often. The inability to make the simple play, the easy play, and to not be able to overcome adversity is what I'll always remember Rodgers for, unfortunately. The good times, 100%. But every single time a little bit of adversity gets thrown in his way, he can't overcome it. And it is because of his energy. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Patty Mahomes, Brady, Josh Allen. You watch all eight quarterbacks this week, one of them doesn't look fired up. And that's the guy that's on our team. And it's unfortunate, Matt. And I am done making excuses for him. I don't put all the blame on him. Don't get this mixed up. But what I do put the blame on Aaron Rodgers for is not being able to overcome the adversity that is needed throughout a football game to put a team away when everyone else is looking up for you to, up to you to do that. So you had said before we uh, talked about our appreciation that the special teams was the biggest weakness of this team. I disagree. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is the biggest weakness, and um, I think he's a cancer. I think <laughs> his energy. No, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I'm not saying I, know, I don't appreciate I know him. Not, I know you're not kidding. I I, I laugh because I know, I know why you feel like that. I do. Like I, 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 get, I get. I it. wouldn't. You. He would not get the most out of me. I'll tell you right now. I would be Antonio Brown on the sidelines fighting with him after he went three and out with the ball in his hands to possibly march down and win that game. We'd be screaming at each other because I'd be asking him to lead the defense. Go over to the defensive bench and you go tell them you fucked up. Go tell them that they need to make a play for you because you weren't good enough. Why are you not leading your team? Why are you not motivating your team, right? And we talked about LaFleur after the game talking about how Rodgers is this great leader. My fucking ass, he's a great leader. I don't see a goddamn thing from him ever in all 14 years. I have never seen him pump up his team outside of maybe Jordy Nelson because they're homeboys. You missed Alan Lazard on a game-winning pass over the middle that would have led to a field goal. You would have won the game. Rodgers is a cancer. He's the biggest weakness to this team because I do not think the players have the best ability pulled out of them by him. The same thing you can say with Burrow and Allen and Mahomes is that every guy on that field is playing hard for them. Well, special team sucks. Sure, okay, every team's got a weakness. But we have the best arm talent player in 
all of football over the last 14 years up until now with Mahomes, and the guy can't lead a four-minute drive? Are you fucking kidding me? He was blinded, and I think he was blinded by fear. I think Rodgers ultimately, after that Seattle game in 2016, was blinded by failure, blinded by fear, which ultimately couldn't allow him to overcome adversity, as you had just said. Again, doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. I just think Jordan Love wins us that game last Saturday. Last thing I'll say, Aaron Rodgers, when we look back on him in 20 years, this is how I feel about Brett Favre now, looking back on him. And I was a much younger, less mature human being at that time, obviously. Always gave us a chance, had fun. The most competitive guy on the field was going to go down trying, right? I'll have to be back on a later podcast to give my short synopsis of Rodgers and how I feel in the future because it just is so fresh. But these are my notes. Aaron Rodgers, his legacy is not a winner. Never good enough. Four NFC Championship losses since 2011. Countless what-ifs, countless excuses, and one constant has been he's been the guy at quarterback. If you were to tell me in 2011 that the Packers get to the playoffs eight times, four NFC Championship games with Aaron Rodgers and never get to smell the dance again, I would have laughed at you and called you a fool. But the truth of the matter is, he's just not that guy. Never will be. And that's what we have to accept as Packer fans. I had said this to you uh, right before we started recording today, and it was something that blinded me in the face after watching the Bills and Chiefs game. For years, we have been arguing that we need another wide receiver. You know, we need a better tight end. Okay, you got to get, you know, got to get Rogers' help. God, and you get OBJ. Josh Allen just went out there and threw four fucking touchdowns to Gabriel <laughs> Davis. Who? You know, and Davis, Gabriel Davis, don't get me wrong, he's had huh? a fantastic last like <laughs> six or seven weeks, but yeah. Gabriel Davis was probably sleeping on his couch this offseason. We probably could have got him for a bag of footballs, inflated or uninflated footballs. Rodgers, it's really sad to look at your legacy because you're right, man. It's a much different legacy than Favre's and uh, that, that final pass he made to Adams over the middle that unadvised pass into double coverage it was the you white flag the night of it was far best right far throwing the ball and you're just like god damn but the last thing I'm going to say to, to cap this segment is um, everything on this team has changed over the last 10 12 years around Rodgers head coaching gone president of operations gone general manager gone Offensive line, different. Defensive line, everything has changed. And we have the same damn issues, which is ultimately we can't get over the hump. And I think that comes down to fear. I think it comes down to expectations being set. And I think ultimately the cloud hangs over Roger's head and the rest of the team feels it. It's time for Green Bay to make the final change. If the environment is continuing to lead to the same result, and yet there is one constant variable, it's got to be that variable. And uh, man, it was it was a great fourteen years, but I'm I'm ready for a change. Yeah, I think I am too. Sadly, well, everyone, sorry for the somber ending, but that's <laughs> sports, baby. That is sports, you know. I I don't I personally am one of those people that if if you like sports, you, you've never not experienced some sort of disappointment or heartbreak, and that's not even rooting for a, a professional sports team. That's playing sports with your buddies, little league college high school you know and njb whatever it is man and that's just what it's about and that's why we love it and that's why we love what we do 
Um, Matt and I will be back Thursday episode. We're going to chat about the NFC and AFC championship games, give our picks. We have a, uh, we're, we're throwing a couple topics around for some debatable shit that we don't agree on, which we're going to start getting into once the off season's here. Um, and of course, some NBA as well. So you all have a great night. We appreciate you. Love us. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Peace out. Have a good night, guys. Cheers.